0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Hitchcock University, where you learn filmmaking from the Masters. My name is Taylor Bickle. Last class session, we talked about Love in the Afternoon, and in this class session, we're going to talk about a film called Witness for the Prosecution. Uh, Witness for the Prosecution is a a story about a woman who hires a great attorney to try to get her husband cleared of a murder charge. Um, it's It's a courtroom drama, basically. Um, and this particular one happens to be adapted from an Agatha Christie play. Now, this is what Billy has to say about Agatha Christie, and this is from the documentary miniseries, Billy, How Did You Do It? He says, twist after twist after twist, which I am very grateful to Agatha Christie to have written it like this. Very good plotting, you know. For every 500 great dialogue writers, there are five great constructionists. That's the toughest job in the world. Now, this is something Billy felt very strongly about, that... Story structure, story construction, was one of the most important things in writing, and we're going to spend some time today and talk about some of Billy's ideas when it comes to structure. So let's start us off here. He, uh, this comes from uh, the WGA uh, series that's on YouTube. Uh, the writer speaks. He says, "Structure to me is compared with building a house. You have to have a base where the house is going to stand. You have to have walls. You have to have pillars that are going to hold it up. A staircase on the second story. Whatever." It is kind of a mixture. Writing a movie is a mixture of architecture and, forgive me the pompous word, the poetry of storytelling on a certain level. But it has to have a very solid thing so that the second act follows the first act and it's strong enough to keep the audience in the seats to see the third act. Billy felt that movie writing specifically, but really storytelling in general, it wasn't enough to be a great poet. It wasn't enough to to have great style. You needed to actually have structure in fact this is one of the things that he talks about with raymond chandler who he wrote uh double indemnity with he says raymond chandler had a great style but raymond chandler had no idea how to construct a story you know and 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 this is something that, that billy always felt came very naturally to him and 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 i think that's part of the reason that it was kind of hard for him to to explain it but this idea that you have a first act and the second act has to follow that first act. And those two have to be strong enough together that it's going to keep the audiences in the third there to see the third act. Um, and he kind of, he does break some of this down. So let's, let's get into that in, in, uh, conversations with Billy Wilder. He says the structure is very, very important because everything you built up in act one comes back to haunt you in act three. If you do something for which you don't have payoffs in the third act, then you failed. And this is something that, that that I think is easy to forget. Sometimes we forget that storytelling is largely set ups and payoffs. If you set something up, you have to pay it off. You know, and it's one of the things there's there's a number of stories that I well, there's a number of films and television shows that I could go into that I feel do a poor job of this. Um and I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Um so I'm not going to get into that too much. But this idea that, like, have you ever seen a movie where at the end of it you're like, yeah, but what about that? Like, whatever happened to that character? Whatever happened to that storyline? Like, nothing, they, they never even came back to that. If you set something up, it has to come back. So, for example, in Witness for the Prosecution, Charles Lawton's character, Charles Lawton plays the, plays the attorney. He has this this way of trying to get to the truth um, from people. Um, and what he does is he he reflects he reflects light off of his monocle into their eyes and it distracts them and usually from that he can tell whether or not they're telling the truth. So if you if you give him this ability, then there has to be something where he's wrong or, where everyone thinks he's wrong and he's proven to be right, one or the other. There needs to be something then in the third act that, that that plays off of this. If you set it up, you have to pay it off. So that's the first thing. But there's another thing here. There's There's... But there's a couple of other things here that that uh, that I have that Billy talks about with structure. This comes from a lecture series that he gave at the or or a lecture that he gave at the American Film Institute. He said you work to a climax and then instinctively there are no there are no rules for it, but instinctively you have to kind of you have kind of this sense of now a little pause about a minute minute and a half of diminuendo of legato before you get going again in other words you can't keep it on the same high level and keep pushing and hammering away give them a chance to relax and to digest this idea that the audiences can't can't keep up with with a story if it's constantly hammering away at them there have to be moments where you allow the audience to understand what it is that they saw you have to have these quieter moments where everything kind of sinks in and then you gear them up to push again you know toward whatever that next climax is this idea that that a well-structured story doesn't mean a story that just keeps going and going and going and going and going but a story that is structured in in such a way that it allows the audience the appropriate time to understand what they saw but also the the well-placed you know moments of quiet you know after a big climax after after you know the after the story builds and builds and builds and builds to something then and once that is resolved or not, however, you know, depending on where you are in the story, um, then we allow the audience a moment to breathe and a moment to gear up for what, okay, well, so that worked or that didn't, what happens next kind of thing. And there's there's one thing that, that, that I've heard so many writers talk about um, and and so many screenplay, you know, aficionados talk about, and that is that, that in order to get to the end, there needs to be one last thing. There should always be one more thing. This is kind of a Lubitsch idea in the sense that you don't settle to for just for just you know how 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 the normal person would end it. There's there should be one more thing. So Billy says this in um again in the in the documentary series um, Billy, how did you do it? He says you'd better have another twist in the third act. There's another end, you know, you expect that it's all over. No, now comes the end. Um, He also says later in that, he says, you have a choice. If you're in the third act, your hero, your heroine better have the noble choice. The idea being that even though we think we've reached the end, your protagonist has to have one last final decision that kind of cements everything. And if they're going to cement everything, especially for American film, they they need to take the nobler of the choice of the choices. There's there's a perfect example in at the end of this movie but I don't want to spoil it for everybody. But there there is this this wonderful idea that that just as the audience thinks it's about to be over, there needs to be one last thing, one last decision for a protagonist to make, one final twist maybe, one one last thing. You know, the the <laughs> The tired and trite and unoriginal version of this is the is the we just killed the murderer, the monster, the the whatever, and then they have one last final moment of ah and then we have to kill them one last time and then it's done. That's the that's the boring version of this. That's the one we've seen a thousand times. But there's there's the the best structure of storytelling is one that just when you think it's over, there's gotta be one more thing. You know, one last final twist, one last final decision that makes it, that that really puts the 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 finalism on it, and it has to be one that the audience doesn't see coming. So that's kind of Billy's intro to structure, and I'm really hoping that we get a lot more into his writing and his thoughts on writing and storytelling later, um, because he's got a lot of really good ones that I think we can all learn from. Um, But but there's one other thing we've we've been kind of on this run of. Collaboration and, and, and working with other people. And there's there's one thing that I think is helpful for people on both sides of this that I want to talk about this kind of collaborating to build a character, whether you're an actor or you're a director. Um, and this comes from Billy Wilder's Nobody's Perfect. He talks about Charles Lawton, and he says, Lawton was one of the best actors I ever worked with, with, and I've worked with a lot of very good actors. He would come by my office at Metro at the end of the day, after we had finished shooting, and he would say, I have a few ideas. Can I show you what I have in mind? This is like 6 o'clock in the evening. By 9, he's still at it. I guess some directors would have not liked that too much, but I was impressed. Jack Lemmon does the same thing, only he does it in the morning before shooting, and not for so long. He tells a similar... um, thing he he recounts that same idea in conversations with billy wilder he says when we had a big scene coming up the next day lawton would come to my room and he would do that big scene and know every word then he would do it differently then he would do it another way 20 times and he was better and better and better and i just had to choose we had rehearsed it the day before and by then we were kind of happy with with version number 20 let's say Then he came to the studio the next morning, and he said, "He had an entirely different idea of working up to the big line." So we didn't. We kind of combined twenty and twenty-one. The actor needs to bring bring variations in choices, right, to the performance, so that he and the so that the actor and the director can have that conversation about what should this character do. You know, who is this character? You know how, what what's going on with them at this moment? what what choices can can we make in the scene that would reflect what's going on in this character, you know, in that particular moment? And they say, but Lawton was smart about it. He didn't stop everybody on the set and go on for three hours about, well, what if I did it this way? What if I did it this way? You know he would find time to talk with Billy. When the cameras weren't there, when the lights weren't burning, when, you know, when not everybody was getting paid to stand around and watch Charlie Lawton figure out what it was, you know, he should do in that scene, he would do it at the end of the day or, or or you know, the, the night before a big scene or maybe very early in the morning if he had one particular idea he wanted to get, get across to Billy. He says Jack Lemmon did the same thing, this idea that... The best way to approach anything, I think, in terms of efficiency, because that's the thing, it's it, it's very easy for any one person to get lost in what they're doing and see what they're doing as the most important thing at that moment and, and forget that there's all these other people who have jobs to do, you know, and if you waste everybody's time on the day, you're wasting money that's not yours, by the way, you're throwing money out that's not yours, that someone put into this project you know because they believed in you in part I mean aside from all the other people that are there you know you could even destroy morale by doing that but by 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 choosing the private moments by choosing the moments when not everybody else was standing around waiting to shoot the scene you know the other actors you know this is this is professionalism <laughs> That's really all it is. It's just professionalism. It's, it's being a professional. It's about knowing when to speak up, when to not speak up. You know, because it is absolutely, because if you're an actor, it is massively important that you figure out that character. That's what you are there to do. And if you're a director, it is massively important that you help that actor figure out what it is. You know, it, especially if they're struggling or if they have 20 different ideas that could all work. You know, you still have to pick one. Or combine a couple of them, or whatever. But the way, the way in which you do that needs to be aware of everybody else. And aware of what else is going on. And that was part of the reason that Billy respected Charlie Lawton so much. I mean, almost every time he's asked about this film, that's what Billy talks about. is Charles Lawton was one of the best actors I ever worked with. He had a million ideas, but he only came to me after we were done. You know or or very early in the morning he would only come to me you know instead of instead of trying to do it on the set he would do it when it was just us and it was only our time at stake and we weren't on company time and it wasn't going to affect the budget and the schedule and all these other things you know because you don't know someone it, it it may be scheduled in a way that this that, that that somebody has to leave right after this project is done to go do something else you know I mean especially these days where we're all most of us are freelance, you know, and we have to live project to project to project. And if the project we're on goes long, much longer than expected, and interferes with another project, well, that's that that becomes an issue, you know. And so, just just this professionalism, it, it's it's very admirable, I think, and it's a, it's something that we all can figure out how to strive for, you know. Obviously, yes, sometimes conversations need to be have on that day in that moment, but. At the same time, it's that's not the time for brainstorming, you know, and I think it's something that that, that many of us forget and it's something we all need to remember, whether we're an actor, whether we're a director, or a cinematographer or you know, whatever, you know, it's it's the time for brainstorming is on your own time. I'm also getting off track from what I want to talk about this idea that that that's how you build a character is by working with variations, by going through every variation imaginable that you think would work and then settling on what seems to fit the moment, what seems to fit that scene, what seems to fit the character that we're building, this idea of, and I think that's something we can all learn from, this idea of, first off, listening to other people's ideas, but second off, Coming prepared with as many ideas as possible actually spending the time to think about well what if what if what if i did my job this way what if i did my job that way what about this what about that oh what oh maybe we could try this or you know maybe maybe this would work even better you know this idea that this is a collaborative art form and so but the only way to collaborate is if everybody comes in with ideas that was really what i wanted to get to with that um that's all we have for this class session. Next up is the classic Some Like It Hot. And then um, the other classic, uh, actually one of my favorite films, um, not to mention my favorite Billy Wilder film is, uh, th- um, after Some Like It Hot, is The Apartment. And then we're going to do one, two, three, And, um, yeah, that's it. Um, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, suggestions, want to talk about movies, feel free to reach out to the podcast. You can email us. Um, our email address is HitchcockUniversity at gmail.com. Um, there's the Hitchcock University University Facebook page. And, of course, the, uh, um, the Twitter, uh, 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 we're on Twitter as well um, under Hitchcock underscore U, the letter U as in university. Um, thank you again for listening to Hitchcock University, where you learn filmmaking from the Masters. I've been Taylor Bickle, and we will talk to you again in two weeks. Thanks so much.